What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to the Super Bowl 57 episode, my final video for the 2022 NFL regular season and postseason. The big game is just mere days away, and obviously it's what we build towards all season long. I wish I could say that I built towards it with uh, a ton of momentum going into the final game. This is not the Super Bowl matchup that I predicted. Uh, I predicted, obviously, Bengals 49ers. And I, I think I basically struck out on everything last week. I don't think... I, I had both of the straight up picks wrong. I'm pretty sure I had both of the against the spread picks wrong. I think I even had both the totals wrong. Like if I got anything last week, it was a sheer miracle. Those games did not go the way that I was expecting them to go. And I feel like there are very few people that do what I do. There's very few people that make content like I make it who are willing to come out here and like right off the jump, just be like, I sucked last week. <laughs> there's there's no getting around it. Like there's no there's no hiding from it. There's no escaping it. And uh, I'm not a person that comes on the internet and plays a character. Like I'm just I just come on and play myself. And luckily I've been playing myself my whole life. So you know I I I can't sugarcoat it. I can't escape it. Like I had an awful week last week. But at least I don't subscribe to Twitter Blue. I'm, I'm having a real I'm having a real vendetta against folks who subscribe to Twitter Blue lately. In any case, that 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 none of that matters anymore. What matters now is Super Bowl 57. It's all we've got left. The Pro Bowl is in the rear view. I'm curious as I've heard what a number of people have said about the Pro Bowl and the way, the fashion that it looks now. I don't know how I felt about it. It seemed awfully goofy to me, but uh I'll, I'll let that simmer for a while longer before I really uh, sit down and, and formulate a full opinion on it. it. It's certainly different. We'll put it that way. Curious if you have any thoughts on the Pro Bowl, if you watched it, uh, please let me know that in the chat as well. Before we get started, I have to take my time to shout out and congratulate Anthony Simeone, who is our Pick'em Pool champion for this season season 11 of the pick and pool nobody can catch him anymore anthony simeone is our champion and look that was after the early part of this season being dominated by the likes of you know aim 2022 and team power uh, i was kind of in there a little bit here and there but you know certainly not to the extent that either of those folks were and I mean look it looked like AIM 2022 was going to kind of run away with this pool uh this season like that was going all the way back to like t uh week four five six I believe it was broken ankle a buddy of mine on Twitter uh, was in there for a while, fourth and ridiculous with the early part of the season. And then, like I say, AIM 2022, who dominated most of the season. But boy, Anthony Simeone came on strong at the end of the season and ran, ran away with things towards the end. It was still mathematically possible that somebody else could have caught him. But Anthony Sim Simeone, because again, I keep screwing up the name, Anthony Simeone is our pick and pool champion for 2022. We'll have the golf clap for that because look, you got to work at it all season long. 
I think I'm in 10th place right now. I'm probably going to wind up somewhere in and around that because, of course, we only have the one game left to go. But shout out Anthony for being the winner of the pick and pool. Paxton in the chat is saying he's predicting an Eagles 33-24 to victory in Super Bowl 57. That's fair. That seems like a realist, certainly seems like a realistic point total in this game. I think we can certainly expect that we're going to see some points in this one. So, before I go any further, I will let you know that, of course, if you go to the description of this live stream or any of the live streams that I have done this season, you find all of my results for the current week, all my straight up, uh, or sort of for the previous week, my straight up against the spread over under plays for the current week, which, of course, you will find my prediction for Super Bowl 57 in the description down below. You can find information typically on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, of course. The Pick'em Pool is now done for this season. Thank you, everybody who has participated. And, of course, if you're in the pool, make sure you make your Super Bowl pick as well. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. And you can find information on my great friends and sponsors here at Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean, you want to go to nerdtees.ca and you want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is an excellent value. And you're also going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar if you are one of my US viewers. And I thought there was no better way to close off the season than with some blueberry tea. It's what my beautiful province is known for, one of many things, but blueberries, we love them around here. We grow them like nobody else in the world. This blueberry tea is out of this world. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save you 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it at nerdtees.ca. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, obviously this is going to be a short stream because we're only talking about the one game, and it's the one game that matters. Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one seed out of the AFC, taking on the NFC's number one seed, the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's funny, because if you go back to, like, I think as of the Super Bowl in the year 2000, so you're looking at the last 20-some Super Bowls, it's almost as likely that neither of the number one seeds make it to the Super Bowl than both of the number one seeds making it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's kind of why I didn't make it that my pick. Like, I, I didn't expect either of the number one seeds to make it to the final game. I think it's something like... I think it's about 60% as likely that neither of the number one seeds make the Super Bowl as it is for both of the number one seeds to make the Super Bowl. It's somewhere in and around that range since the year 2000. So I gambled. I certainly lost from uh, what uh, I predicted would happen uh, on this stream just a couple of weeks ago. But look, we ain't worried about the past. We're worried about this game, the big game. Super Bowl 57. So the way I thought that I would look at this matchup is just look at the varying, uh, the varying aspects of these two teams and try to see who I think has the edge in those aspects. And I mean, look, you're talking about arguably the two best teams in football. So you're not going to find a ton of glaring obvious weaknesses on either of these teams 
They're both very, very good football teams. Great players top to bottom. Coached exceptionally well. General managed exceptionally well. Like, you're not going to find a ton of weak spots. But let's go ahead. Let's dive into it a little bit. Taking into account both the regular season and, of course, what has happened so far in the postseason. And we'll see who I think, at the very least, has the edge in Super Bowl 57. So here are the areas that I'm kind of looking at here. Uh, total offense, pass offense, run offense, total defense, pass defense, run defense, play at the line of scrimmage, play on special teams, looking at the turnover battle, which we've talked about all season long, and trying to judge which of these two teams I think is better coached. So we go to the top there. There's a number, there's a number of aspects in this that I genuinely think is a push. And the total offense is the very first one, and it's the first one that I think is a push. We're looking at two teams that in the postseason and in the regular season stayed among the top teams in the NFL in terms of moving the football and putting points on the scoreboard. And, like, football can be as simple as that. It's you put more points on the board than the other guy. And both of these teams, like, just look at these rosters. You're looking at guys like Travis Kelsey, guys like Isaiah Pacheco, obviously Patrick Mahomes on Kansas City's side. On the Eagles' side, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. Uh, their run game has been an absolute revelation in the playoffs. They're moving the ball exceptionally well on the ground. In terms of the total offense, these two teams' total abilities to move the football – I think it's a push. These are two of the most talented offensive teams that we have to offer in pro football. The pass offense here, I've got to give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. And I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything wild and crazy by saying that Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than somebody. They have the edge of the quarterback play. While I will agree that the Eagles have a more convincing and a more dangerous and a scarier receiving core definitely better that there's two parts of that equation and arguably the biggest part of that equation is the person delivering the football got to give the edge there and especially where the, the eagles have i think the eagles right now sit with the worst pass offense statistically in the playoffs like they've scored a ton of points i'm not criticizing their offense at all but in terms of utilizing the pass offense I'm pretty sure they're like dead last in the playoffs in terms of average. I think they're averaging like less than 150 yards through the air, throwing the ball in the playoffs. And you're talking about two playoff games and a bye week before that. So while I don't think that's like crippling and critical, I do think it matters. I think it matters which teams are using their offenses to their fullest abilities. And I don't necessarily know that the Eagles can say that they're doing that, given that their their pass offense has been almost negligible for the for both of their playoff games. Now, did they need them to win? Obviously not. And a big part of that has been the run game and significant, significant edge to the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of their total run game. It starts with the offensive line that's played very well. Miles Sanders has played well. Kenny Gainwell has been a bit of a revelation in these playoffs. Boston Scott is getting into it. This and Jalen Hurts obviously can move the ball on the ground very well as well. So in terms of the run offense, Kansas City's has been fine, but the Eagles have been dominant. I think they're averaging more than 200 yards a game on the ground in the playoffs. So 
while I will give the Chiefs the edge in the pass offense, it's a big advantage in the run offense going to the, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Now we turn to the other side of the football. We turn to the defensive side. In terms of the total defense, this Eagles defense has been almost untouchable in these playoffs. This Eagles defense has been exceptionally good. They've generated turnovers, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But just in terms of the total defense, their secondary in particular has shut teams down. Now look, last week was what it was. They were playing a team that had a quarterback who didn't have a throwing arm. I mean, like, once Brock Purdy injured his arm and we found out later he, like, completely tore the UCL in his throwing arm, it's like, okay, well, they're they're running a quarterback out there that can't throw the ball. So, of course, the secondary is going to look really good. But even before that, and even in the game, the game before that, like, we, it's no secret this Eagles secondary is exceptionally good against any quarterback. Now, the arguably are going up against the quarterback so we'll really get to see whether they are exactly as good as the statistics say that they are but through the first two games and through most of the regular season this Eagles secondary was arguably one of the best if not the best secondaries in football so as much as I think Kansas City secondary has played fine in these playoffs that have even potentially been good. Like this, nobody can touch this Eagles secondary right now. So big edge to them on the total defensive side of things. And they've predicated a lot of that on the pass defense in the secondary. The run defense here is kind of interesting. So in the regular season, or sorry, in the playoffs so far, statistically speaking, the Eagles are the better run defense. I think Kansas City's giving up like a buck seven or something per game, and the Eagles are giving up somewhere in the 90s. So statistically speaking, the Eagles run defense has been better in the playoffs. If you go back and look at the regular season, the Chiefs were right around in the regular season what they've been in the playoffs. They've been very consistent with their ability to stop the run. It's carried over from the regular season into the playoffs. The Eagles were not a good run defense this year. It might have been the one area in the regular season where the Eagles really struggled. They gave up, I think it was like a buck 22 on average on the ground. It wasn't like bottom five or bottom 10, but it wasn't in the top half of the league. So giving up over 120 rushing yards per game is kind of, to, to use a term that the kids like to use, it's kind of mid. And their run defense was kind of mid in the regular season. Now, in the postseason, they have improved that. And they've done that against good running backs as well. So they have they have figured out a way to turn that around and to play better on the run defensive side of the ball. But in this element, I am going to give this a push. Simply because, yes, the Eagles have been statistically better in the postseason, but if you take the season as a whole, the Chiefs were the technically the better statistical run defense. So I'm going to call this one a push, even though the Eagles have certainly been playing better lately. So next comes an area that I think people are going to consider controversial, what I'm going to say about it, and that's been the play at the line of scrimmage. Games, and I've been saying this for years, you can go back and check my, I'm going to Bernie Sanders this, you can go back and check my record on this. I've been talking about the importance of, like, the fact that games are won and lost at the line of scrimmage, almost exclusively. I've been talking about it for years. 
everybody looks at the Philadelphia Eagles like they have the best offensive line in football. They may very well. Their O-line is very good. It is filled with players that are very good. Like, obviously, Jason Kelsey gets a lot of the limelight, and that's equally for what he does on the field and what he's been able to now do off the field with his his podcast with his brother. Obviously, Jason Kelsey's name is in the conversation a lot. Lane Johnson's name is in the conversation a lot. Their offensive line is very good. And, of course, the line of scrimmage is more than just your O-line. It's also what you do on the D-line. And it's what you're able to do in terms of pressuring the opposing quarterback. And we know from the episode two weeks ago, the Eagles were the number one pass rush in the NFL this year. 70 sacks they generated in the regular season. Massive numbers. Like 10 more than anybody else in the regular season. The Eagles were a sack-generating machine. However... Number two on that list was the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles generated 70. The Chiefs generated 55. There is not a thing in the world wrong with about four sacks a game. Like it's somewhere, it's now, it's it's closer to to three, I guess. But yeah, yeah, it's closer to three. But still, like they generated 55 sacks this year. Their pass rush was very good. And we got to see that on full display against the Bengals, especially early on in that game, uh, in the AFC Championship game. We really saw how the Chiefs were able to take advantage of their pass rush. And their offensive line only allowed Patrick Mahomes to be sacked 26 times this year. The Eagles allowed their quarterback, whether it was Jalen Hurts or somebody else, allowed their quarterback to be sacked 44 times. That's not bad. It's certainly not bad. But 44 is a bigger number than 26. My controversial opinion here is the line of scrimmage play is a push. Are the Eagles the best pass rushing team in the NFL? Yes, they are. The Chiefs are the second best. We can argue. In terms of the offensive line play, and part of this too is due to having a hyper-mobile quarterback behind them, but their offensive line in Kansas City statistically was better than the Eagles was this year. So I'm going to give the battle of the line of scrimmage a push. I think these two teams are about equally matched in terms of what they do exceptionally well. I think you will see sacks in this football game. I think you will see offensive line play that directly leads to avoiding to these quarterbacks who can both move the football very well avoiding sacks that other quarterbacks probably would have otherwise taken. We're going to see an exceptional game at the line of scrimmage. As a matter of fact, I wish there was a camera that was just kind of hard trained to the line of scrimmage because it would be worth watching the whole game just with the line of scrimmage play, just to see what develops, what doesn't develop, what's shut down, the gaps that show up. The offensive line play and the defensive line play on both sides is going to be exceptionally interesting for this whole game, and I think it's a push. On special teams, I'm actually going to give the edge here to the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of this goes towards uh, what happened in the regular season. Neither one of these teams had to kick a lot of field goals. Like, these two teams are prolific offenses. They scored a lot of points, scored a lot of touchdowns this year. So neither kicker had to kick a lot of field goals. In saying that, the other side of it, in terms of the punt game, 
I really think the Kansas City Chiefs have a significant edge here, both in terms of how they set up punt returns and how they cover punts down the field. In both cases, the Chiefs were statistically quite a bit better than the Eagles this year. Now, again, neither one of these teams had to punt very much, but if you're in a situation, which in the Super Bowl, you have to assume you're going to face situations where you're going to have to punt the ball. I'm going to take the units there, both in terms of punting and or punt coverage and punt returns who are better on average. And in both cases, I think that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's enough for me to go ahead and give them the check mark, give them the edge in terms of the special teams battle in this game. If it comes down to kicking, they've they're both got talented kickers. So I, I I don't think there's too much of an edge there. But in terms of punt returns and punt coverage, I think the Chiefs have the edge. The turnover battle, I'm willing to call a push. Uh, in these playoffs, both of these teams have generated four turnovers in two games. Both of them obviously have been very good. Uh, the Chiefs have turned the ball over once in these playoffs. The Eagles have not. So if that's enough for you to kind of give an edge one way or the other, I could understand it. In my eyes, it's a push. I think the two teams were relatively close to each other in the regular season. But uh, in the playoffs, I think they've pretty well been even money. So I'm willing to call it a push. I think there will be turnovers in this game, at least one on both sides, which that would actually be an interesting bet in Vegas to take. Uh, I don't know if that shows up on a... Uh, uh, every Everything shows up as a prop bet. So I'm sure at least one, one plus turnovers from both teams, some book is going to give you odds on that. And that would be one that I would be more than willing to toss a little money on because I think it's something that we're going to see. But in terms of the turnover ratio and the turnover battle, I'm willing to give this a push. And then the last aspect before I go ahead and give you my prediction is the coaching side. So I have a... I don't want to call it a love-hate relationship with Nick Sirianni. I don't I don't dislike Nick Sirianni. I think he's playing a character. Uh I don't necessarily know that everything you see from Nick Sirianni is authentic. I feel like it's there's there's a little bit of Conor McGregor in there where there's that just like little bit of showmanship type thing to kind of put some attention on him to maybe take some pressure off of his players. And look, you could argue that that is an element of coaching. You could argue that somebody like Jason Garrett had the same thing, the whole clapping thing on the sidelines and taking like some of the, some of the eyes and some of the attention and whatever, putting it onto him and taking some of that external stress off of some of the players. You can argue that that's an element of coaching and you can argue that it's something that a good coach should possess. And I probably wouldn't fight you too much on it, but with, in terms of Nick Sirianni, I, I, I think maybe it's a little, is a little too much. And again, I don't, I don't dislike him, but when I see him, I'm just like, I, I feel like you're playing a character and it just kind of feels a little inauthentic to me. Does that impact his abilities as a coach? Not really. That's just, it's more of a, just a personal impression of the guy. I think he's a very, very talented coach. I think he's got a good staff around him. He's more than capable of coaching this Philadelphia Eagles team to the Super Bowl. 
To me, there is not a better coach in the NFL than Andy Reid. I think it's Andy Reid, and I think it's everybody else. I think that's, at this point in their career, I think that's Bill Belichick included. I feel like Andy Reid is at the top of this mountain, and I feel like there's everybody else. So in terms of coaching, I can't justifiably not give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs because, and especially when you when you take into account that the Chiefs, the Chiefs made that decision to not bring back Tyreek Hill. Everybody's like, how could you not bring back Tyreek Hill? Like, how how in the world could you move on? from a generational wide receiver talent. And I think that's what Tyreek Hill is because he's just such a freak beast speedster. Like he's just, he can do things that almost nobody else in the world can. And yet Andy Reed took this team down one of its biggest offensive weapons. And they basically saw no negligible impact from losing a player of that caliber. Compare and contrast that to a team like Green Bay, who lose Devontae Adams, who I still think is probably the best pure wide receiver in football, their whole offense was different. And their offense never really got chugging along except for a very brief period towards the end of the season. And I think Matt LaFleur is a great coach. There's some things that are almost like you can't overcome them. But Andy Reid did. And, and Andy Reid's coaching staff did. And it feels like no matter what you saw with a, a rotating cast of characters, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, basically, you have this rotating cast of characters around them and their offense was still just as potent, basically, as it was with a mega weapon like Tyreek Hill. So I, to me, there is not a better coach in the NFL than Andy Reid. So I have to give the coaching edge here to the Kansas City Chiefs. But with all that said, Justin, it's been a half hour. What's the pick? By a final score of 28 to 27 in an all-time classic Super Bowl matchup, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. 28 to 27 in favor of Kansas City. It's a game of inches. It's a game of weapons. It's a game of who, not only who wants to win, but who refuses to lose. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when you had quarterback matchup, <laughs> Paxton's in the chat booing me. Sorry, Paxton. You have a matchup of quarterbacks who have that refuse to lose mentality. I talked about it with uh, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, two quarterbacks who have that like refuse to lose mentality that like it, it almost doesn't matter what the game situation is, what the context of the game is. You never feel like the game is out of reach. I don't think Jalen hurts is there yet. I think Jalen hurts is in a, exceptionally talented quarterback who's only going to get better. If I had Jalen Hurts in dynasty football, I would be so excited. <laughs> like he's a really great quarterback who is young and only going to get better. Patrick Mahomes is the guy. Like he's just got it. 
And even if he's not at a hundred percent, even if his ankle, which you have to assume, cause I think he had a high ankle sprain, didn't he? You have to assume that his mobility is not going to be at a hundred percent. Even in that context, I feel that between the two, between the two offenses, between the two leaders of these teams, Patrick Mahomes is the one that's likely to find a way. Now, in saying that, I think Patrick Mahomes has to play close to the game of his life. And I think that's what we're going to see. 28-27, Kansas City beats Philadelphia to win Super Bowl 57. So, on the line, the Eagles are laying minus one and a half. I'm taking the Chiefs to win. So give me that plus 1.5 on Kansas City. The total right now is 50 and a half points. I'm going to go ahead and take the over on that. I think this should hit mid 50 with ease. So I think we're going to go ahead and grab the over on that. And that would be where I would probably be putting more money into that than into anything else. If I were, if I were a betting person, I'd be putting more money into the over. So yeah, 28, 27. Think Kansas City wins it. Give me the Chiefs plus the 1.5. Give me over on the 50 and a half points. And give me Patrick Mahomes as the Super Bowl MVP. If you look at all the Super Bowls since 2000, nine of the 13, um, or sorry, since 2010, sorry, nine of the 13 Super Bowl MVPs have been come from the quarterback position. And all time, it's like 30-some of 57 have come from the quarterback position. And you might ask, well, there's only been 56 Super Bowls. How have there been 57 Super Bowl MVPs? There was one year where there were two Super Bowl MVPs. That was my thing that I learned today. I didn't realize that before this that there was a year where they couldn't decide and they gave the Super Bowl MVP to two different players. So there have been 57 Super Bowl MVPs. And there's been like 33 or 31 of them have been quarterbacks, I think. So I'm just going to play the percentages there. Since I'm taking Kansas City to win, I might as well take their quarterback uh, to win MVP. It could be somebody on the defensive side. If you have like an Aaron Donald-esque performance, which he probably should have won Super Bowl MVP last year. Uh, No hate towards Cooper Cup, but it probably should have been Aaron Donald. In any case, you could potentially have that, but my play is going to go for Patrick Mahomes. So, Chiefs 28, Eagles 27, Chiefs plus one and a half, over 50 and a half points. Patrick Mahomes is my Super Bowl MVP. And that's the pick. That's the pick for Super Bowl 57. And that's the season. That's the season for the show. And uh, look, I this was a gamble this year. Taking the jump to uh, to go into live streaming rather than, you know, polishing the show and pre-recording it and doing all the editing and putting that together and that like eight hour process basically to put that show together as a video and you might be surprised at that but that was about what it was it was basically an eight hour production to put that show together and to have been able to now go into live streaming and cut that to like three three and a half it, it has changed the game for me Will I continue to do live streams next year? I don't know, but there's probably a pretty good chance if I'm going to do this again next year that it's probably going to be in this live streaming format. So thank you to everybody that has come along on this live streaming ride with me. I have obviously enjoyed it immensely. I hope you enjoy Super Bowl 57 immensely. 
That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Thank you so much. Oops, sorry about that. Thank you so much for watching and listening all season long. And uh, look, keep an eye out. Like I said, I think I'm probably going to be doing some live stream mock draft content in the buildup to the 2023 NFL draft. So keep an eye out for that. Let's keep the conversation going on socials. You know where to find me on Twitter. So let's have a chat. And thank you so much for being along for the ride all season long with me. We will see you again in the 2023 NFL season. Cheers. Thank you.